0: This is a Clark University podcast.
1: When I think about what's insufficient about Juneteenth, I mean that it's a starting point, not an ending point, right? So getting federal and state recognition is a great starting point, but the more difficult work is ahead and can be done if people are committed to to doing something. If you're really going to have something more than, you know, just adding another holiday. You really need people who take it on themselves and say, look, you know, we, we recognize this and we want to make this a part of our local consciousness and begin to, to reconcile.
0: That's Usman Power Green, a history professor and the program director of Africana Studies at Clark University. Days away from Juneteenth, the federal holiday commemorating emancipation of enslaved Black Americans, Power Green took a moment to reflect.
1: You know, Without an understanding of slavery, there really is no jubilee over being emancipated. You see very concerted efforts to make a town or community think critically about enslavement, which of course is tantamount when we think about broader questions of emancipation. Once you have an understanding of Uh, Of what enslavement was like, you can imagine, you know, what black people who upon emancipation begin to reconstruct family units, find husbands and wives and children sold off, um, to begin to, to really imagine a life that would be different, where perhaps they could own property, perhaps their labor could go to their community and their family. When you understand all that, then you get the holiday.
0: Juneteenth recognizes a monumental moment in U.S. history, but it also presents an opportunity to chart the path for continued education and equality. I'm Melissa Hansen, a producer in Clark's communications office, and this is Challenge Change.
1: When you think about what exactly, you know, we're, we're celebrating, we celebrate Juneteenth, I mean, we're celebrating emancipation, um, you know, first and foremost, um, but but we're also you know sort of concurrently celebrating the, the tremendous gains our nation made as a consequence of civil war. And you know, one of the outcomes of the civil war is the changing of the constitution, right? Thirteenth Amendment, most importantly in some ways, or equally, you know, sort of importantly, is the the 14th Amendment, which provides citizenship. And so when when we talk about Juneteenth and the celebration of emancipation, we pair that with a celebration of citizenship. Organizers who care about racial justice and social justice have always used uh, these opportunities, you know, holidays, other organized opportunities to also educate people. So we celebrate, but we also organize, right? So these celebrations are caused to come together. And at those celebrations, you have voter registration, voter education, um, and these sorts of initiatives, and so, and that's always how it's been. Um, and so, in a state like Georgia, where there is a sense that wow, this is a state you know John Lewis represented, and you look at the concerted efforts to deny uh, people's rights, you know, to their citizenship rights, particularly voting, under the guise of all sorts of other measures, you're reminded that you know this this struggle continues, and and it, and it requires a recognition that those that want to restrict who votes, who gets elected, who controls the balance of power, they never stop, right? They don't give up and just decide one day, you know what, we're not going to continue to try. And so therefore, there always must be a reaction or response on the part of those who, uh, who care about democracy and citizenship.
0: Two years following the murder of George Floyd, activists are still fighting for change. The Black Lives Matter movement has become widespread and is something students have studied in Power Green's courses.
1: Teaching the course from Black Power to Black Lives Matter, I knew students wanted to sort of understand in more clear ways the antecedents about this social movement. There's so much that we don't know actually about Black Lives Matter. Our course was also an exploration of the impact that Black Lives Matter has had across the United States. Each student had a choice uh, to do a city study of Black Lives Matter movement. And so some chose, you know, you know, Albany, New York or Houston, Texas, Chicago. Um, and through a process of analyzing activism, I learned a tremendous amount of, you know, I learned as a researcher, I was so shocked that cities like Houston, Texas have done so little to explore the history of the Black Power Movement in Houston. I mean, my student had to work really hard to look at events that he had researched and see how they're being recognized. The course was an eye-opener to me. Um, Students, of course, learned a tremendous amount, sometimes about Boston or, or New Bedford, for example. And I'd say the biggest shock to me was certainly the engagement with local people. At Clark University, we have yet to do a great job of really documenting Black Lives Matter on campus. The students in the BSU have put together um, an incredible digital timeline of events at Clark's 2016. I was here, I remember many of those events, but to see it so organized that they presented um, was extraordinary. Uh, and, I was shocked that I wasn't more aware of this sort of uh, digital documenting that had taken place. Um, and so that was a big surprise to me. And, and that's something that all Clark students and alums uh, should should be aware of. We don't often realize, you know, as a community that this social movement will be one that in a hundred years people will be talking about. They'll be asking questions about, they'll want to understand. And so we need to make sure we're doing a great job documenting it. All of this is crucial to history.
0: Students have the power to take what they've learned on the Clark campus and put it into action.
1: What I encourage my students to do is when they do go home, uh, back to their communities and towns, uh, to be sure to you know, teach what they've learned in my courses, You know, have discussion groups, have reading groups. You know, they may feel like because they're young they don't know that much. Uh, but you know, when it comes to African-American history, I always tell them they know more than most people. They know more than most in society because they've taken one course on African-American history with a professional historian. Um, and that's more than most in our society, even their parents. Even if they don't see themselves as you know activists you organizers know, or organizer, teachers, that doesn't mean you can't have a discussion group or educate your family, for example, and engage in conversations and reading this is something that's a central part of, of what I and other professors at Clark do. You know, we really want our students to come away with, with not just academic exercise, but recognizing that they have at minimum an opportunity to share what they've learned in their communities.
0: To learn more about a concentration in Africana Studies at Clark, visit clarku.edu africana-studies. Challenge Change is produced by Melissa Hansen and Andrew Hart for Clark University. Find other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. One, two, three, Clark! <laughs>